Welcome to the Sundays for the Boys podcast. My name is Corbin, and as always, I'm joined by my my brother, my best friend, my homeboy, Taylor. How you doing, Taylor? You know, we've seen better days, Corbin. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Amen. If, I, don't, I don't know if you were aware, but beginning of the week, I had the fucking flu. Oh, is that what that was? Yeah. I knew you were sick, but I knew it wasn't COVID. That's yeah. all I knew. Yeah, I started getting sick fucking New Year's Eve. And then, like, just Saturday and Sunday. Saturday, I thought I was hungover with a little bit of a cough. But then Sunday, like, Saturday night, I couldn't keep anything down. Sunday, I felt like absolute dog shit. So I went and got COVID tested. Pulled that negative baby. Never thought I'd celebrate <laughs> getting the flu. Um, so I apologize, listeners, for the quality of my voice and for any <laughs> snifflies and coughs that you're going to hear in this episode. But you can fucking deal with it, all right? I'm dealing with it. You can deal with it. Well, don't worry. You weren't alone on New Year's. I was planning on going to Kentucky, visiting those boys. But I th- New Year's was Friday, right? Yeah. Thursday, I was like, man, I'm starting to feel a little sick. Woke up Friday. I had a sinus infection Ooh. and was down all weekend. So, like, the last three, four days of my vacation, I was spent in bed, just constantly sleeping. It was it was rough. It was a rough start to the new year. I mean, speak. I I was kind of okay with it because I got to take two days off of work and do nothing but nap around the house. So that was pretty tight. But yeah, fun way to start the new year being sick. Yeah, at least you got off work. I still had to go in on Monday. I just went in with my head stuffed and felt like I was going to cough my lungs up. You know, you can just take a sick day every once in a while, right? Yeah, but I have sick days. But here's the thing. They give you sick days, but then you say, hey, I'm sick. I'm not coming in. They're like, well, how sick are you? Because, you know, your your coworkers are going to have a real hard time keeping up with your workload without you, you know. Fuck my coworkers. Yeah, yeah it's, it's stupid because it's like you have sick time to use, but then you kind of get, like, shit on for using your sick time. Like, how sick are you? Like, you're, you're rewarded for coming in sick. Like, man, look at you. You really care. You care about the company. You care about your, your fellow employees because you came in when you were sick. When it should be, dude, you're sick. We don't want to get sick. Get out of here. Yeah, for real. Um, so you want to hear the bullshit that I've been dealing with today? Oh, tell me about it. I, I, I heard it's been rough. Yeah, so you know how Ada last winter chewed all her butt fur off? Yeah. She's doing the same shit again. So we uh, scheduled a vet appointment for this morning. And took her in and we, we took Winnie and Ada because Winnie needs, you know, like her last shots and we need to start mm-hmm. getting her fixed. And, um, the vet's like, Winnie's fucking awesome. Winnie's the tits. Ada, on the other hand, has fucking fleas out the ass. Ooh. And that's why she's been chewing all her butt fur off. Um, so Samantha and I, as soon as we were done there, so like at 11 o'clock, packed up all the shit in the house, like cleaned the house from top to bottom, packed up all of our clothes in garbage bags, set them outside, and spent the entire day bombing the house for fleas. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year. Yay. But yeah, we've, we've got her on some better flea med now, and hopefully she's done chewing her ass off. Because um, yeah, she's a pretty dog when she's not naked from the waist down. Yeah. That dog, I love her. She's so sweet. 
but she looks like a rat. She's fucking autistic, dude. <laughs> yeah. If there was ever a dog with Down syndrome, it's this one. Like, oh my god. Mm-hmm. She's a moron. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of the, my recap since we... Not since we last recorded, but since we last talked. Yeah. N- like, I'm trying to think. Really, the only major thing that's happened with me is I got tickets to PAX. PAX East 2022, which is weird to say, 2022. I'm not used to that yet. Join the fucking club, dude. I'm still writing it on everything at work. Got I'm going through whiteout like no tomorrow. So, in April, I will be going to Boston. Bastard. It's, it's, yeah, I, uh, I've been to PAX before, but it was West and Seattle back... It was literally right before COVID. It was September of 2019, and COVID started becoming a thing in November of 2019. Yeah. Dude. No, no. Dude. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I remember that. Because I remember when it first started popping up, and, like, I, I read the BBC at work because, like, I sound so pretentious when I talk about this, but, like, I American News... Wreck- American News Networks... Every the top ten articles I'd see are all about something Trump said or some tweet he had, and it's like I want to know what's actually going on. Besides that, so I'd read the BBC and they were talking about like strange virus found in Wuhan. I'm like, oh man, it's the Black Plague, baby. I remember I was talking with Aiden about it, and we're like, oh yeah, the the Chinese Black Plague is gonna come kill us all. And I've lost, you, bitch. Two, I've lost two years of my life, dude. It's 2022, and I'm still processing 2020. Like, Oh, man. It, it's I been a year since the Capitol riots, dude. Oh, shit. It's been a right. full fucking year. I remember when that happened because I I was at work, and I was doing something that day, something like that didn't require a lot of attention, so I was just out in my truck doing doing some driving for, for reading. And I somebody messaged me on Twitter and was like, yo, dude, you checking this out? And I was like, what? And I looked, and I was just constantly refreshing my phone, watching, getting updates of, oh, now they're in this building. Oh, now the police have gone over here. Oh, now they've evacuated the house chambers. And it's like, oh, shit. This is, this is some real grade A shit right here. For real, dude. But yeah, time's funny. Gets away from you. Yeah. Um. So have you been paying attention to the dank memer bot? On our Discord? Not really, because I have no fucking clue what it is. Dude, I'm telling you. You gotta get into it. It's so fucking dumb and so pointless, but it's all I do now. You guys are constantly in that Discord. Like, just just chatting and and spamming it. Because I remember before, that Discord was just, like, the four of us. Yeah. And every once in a while, somebody would send, like, some... That's where I'd send, like, my really bad memes. Like, my really crass, crude stuff um, that I couldn't send to my, my friends, you know, because they might judge me. Because I know you guys, you guys know I'm a piece of shit. You know, it doesn't matter what I send. I mean, we're all pieces of shit. <laughs> yeah, but, and now it's, like, blown up to where I've had to mute the majority of the channels just because you guys won't shut up. I'm telling you, dude, you got to get on the please dig little thing. Spend just a little time learning some commands. And all of a sudden you're going to wake up and you're like 35 and you're like, what year is it? <laughs> um, um, but uh, yeah, I, I wanted to ask you about that because 
that's been taking a lot of my free time. I've, I've been just sitting on YouTube, you know, watching a lot of tasting history. Shout out to Max. Oh, Miller. that's a, that is a friend good of the pod YouTube channel. Oh, I, I love his stuff because like I watch him and I'm like, I would never cook that in a thousand years. I would fuck this up so hard, but I want to taste that so bad. Dude, when you move, are, are we telling everybody about what you're doing in this one? Maybe, maybe nothing's set in stone yet. Okay, so here's how I'll phrase it. When Corbin maybe moves up here in maybe March and maybe becomes my roommate, we should start maybe cooking some of the tasting history recipes. That that would be a lot of fun. Um, I've been going down a YouTube rabbit hole as well, finding old stuff from like our childhood that has been re-uploaded. And I want to ask, do you remember something called Anna Music? Anna Music. I don't believe so. It was a DVD tape that dad got for a Boy Scout lock-in. And it's like animated instruments playing music. I'm going to send you a link and you can watch a little bit of it. This popped up somewhere and it unlocked a memory for me. And like... Dear God, what is this? Yeah. Like, you can tell it's from the early 2000s. Oh, yeah, that is some, like, 1998 CGI right there. What? Okay, we've got a big wall of speakers panning up. and Why does it look like there's a roller coaster around this shit? Hey, it's made by Wayne Little. Not to be confused with Lil Wayne. <laughs> But I, I forget what I was doing, but I was just scrolling through and I saw this and I was like, it was like unlocking something in the back of my mind. It was real, real weird feeling when I watched this for the first time. The for everyone at home, what it is, is it's these really like, not badly done, but it's CGI where you could tell its age. And it's like these weird techno sci-fi areas. And it's these robots playing instruments. And it's not like robots, like human robots, just like. A robot might be just like a hand that's attached to the guitar neck or a swiveling set of arms that's playing a circular set of drums. Yeah, I got to turn this shit off. I, I, ha- couldn't, I, I didn't know if you re- like remembered it, but I remember it because dad was super excited. He's like, boys, it was one of those things at the lock-ins where uh, dad would get everyone. He's like, boys, this is something you're going to want to watch. This is some cool shit right here. And you put it on. I'm just like, what is this? Yeah, that doesn't unlock any deep memories for me. Okay, I just um, wanted to check. Maybe some one of the listeners... Maybe one of the listeners at home has a memory attached to this and, and can let us know that, like, yeah, I remember that too. Corbin's not fucking insane. Yeah, like, the things that have been, like, getting deep cuts for me were, like, uh, that that Billiam video I sent you with the spy gear. Oh, man, those... You remember those fucking, so like, light-up cool. glasses that Mom gave mm-hmm. us? Um, man, I, we wasted a lot of time with those shit oh, toys that didn't work. They were so cool. Hey, so they, cool they worked so well. So poorly made. Hey, they, they worked well. They, they completed my Jawa costume. My Jawa with blue eyes instead of red oh, eyes. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, Mom and Dad and one of Mom's friends came over, and we watched Star Wars. for the. It was her first time watching it. And during it, Mom was like, 
we were giving her the, you know, the, the Kreitz commentary oh, where God. Dad and I can't shut up and we're like, well, fun fact about this scene and fun fact about this. Um, and Mom was pulling up, like, old costume pictures and she found one where I was a Jawa, you were Anakin, Emma was Padme, and I think Dad was Darth Vader then. Dad was Dad's always, always Darth Vader. He's always Darth Vader, and... Mom and Dad worked really hard on, like, all of our Halloween costumes were homemade. And our parents worked really hard. We had those old visual dictionaries that you could get. Whereas, like, they had, like, really high-quality pictures Count from Dooku the movies. his signature look of superiority. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> man, I would pour over those. Just constantly, just like, oh, man, look at this, look at this. And it paid off. The detail. You know oh, man. There was so many, like, little lore pieces in there. Like, a great example is on Boba Fett's armor. He has those knee guards, you know? Mm-hmm. And on, in the visual dictionary, it pointed to them as his darts for a close-range projectile weapon. Oh, and then, then you see that Mando, dude! Then Mando, dude! He uses them, and I was like, I know this. I, look, I know uh, this. I know what's I, about to happen, but that Stormtrooper yeah. don't. Mm-hmm. Speaking and I was of... So, have you gotten into the book of Boba Fett? Oh man, it's so good. You not liking it? No, I love it. I didn't think okay. they'd be able to like bring back that, you know, magic from Mando. But oh dude, Boba is a mother fucker, dude. I I've seen a lot of discourse about it online. And like it's all from dude bros who have this like idealized version of Boba Fett that he like takes no shit and hates women and doesn't talk to anybody and has no personality and is like actual Boba Fett really cool dude like wants to help people out has an honor code and it's like you saw him for less than 13 minutes in the original trilogy and you have this idealized version of him he's the man's man he doesn't talk to anybody he shoots people all the time and he gets his dick wet everything those guys aren't (laughs) (laughs) but one thing i think one of my favorite parts about it is tamora morrison because he is i think he's nailing the role oh yeah he he is just leaning into it so much and one thing i love is he actually loves the character that he's playing and he loves the history of it and he's putting it as like he actually cares because you get a lot of actors that oh hey you used to be this thing we're gonna pull you back and do it again they're like Okay, I'll do this for the paycheck. But he actually gives a shit and is putting a lot into the role, and it works really, really well. I, I really like how they're... This this is entire and overused phrase, but they're humanizing him. Oh, yeah. He's not just the faceless bounty hunter who always shot and, you know, was impossible to beat. He's actually, like, a person with a personality and, like, flaws. And yeah. Really and cool. he was, you know, he's always viewed as this, you know, total badass, but... Is it the first episode where they get, you know, like, cornered in the fucking street? And he's like, give me to the back to pod. <laughs> There's something else, some other issue oh, he's got going on yes, that I think I, they're going to reveal. I think it reveal. has to do with his time with the Tuscans. Yeah, something's um, going to happen to him. I also or, love the amount of, you know, like, views we're getting into Tuscan life. Oh, because they're the, sure. they're one of two native people to this um, Holy Grail kind of planet in the lore. You know, Tatooine, Anakin comes from there, and... Luke comes from your there. Your literal space Jesus 
comes from there. And then his son, who like takes up the mantle of arbiter of justice when he destroys a galactic government, he comes from Tatooine. So the fact that we're getting a more in-depth view into the world that shaped those two people is super interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I, I'm very happy with it so far. Um, one thing that I'm worried about is people... What makes Boba Fett and The Mandalorian as shows work is, like, how they're disconnected from the mainline stuff yes. to an extent. Mando Season 2 kind of pushed that a little bit with, like, um, Bo-Katan and Ahsoka and Luke. But while it worked is because those people maybe popped up for a little bit and then left. Yeah. And people are... I think people are addicted to the cameo. Like the idea of the cameo and we want this character and this character and this character like online i'm constantly seeing there's nothing wrong with being a star wars fan i am a massive star wars fan star wars is my life but i don't like make it my entire personality the people who are unhealthily obsessed obsessed with star wars are like we want cad bane to be there and we want bosk to be there and we want dengar to be there and we want forlom to be there and we want uh, Omega from the Bad Batch to be there, and this and that, and it's like, let, yeah, of course, some bounty hunters will show up, like we got in the last episode, Black Kerstanson, I think that's how it's pronounced, I don't know, the Wookiee? was that one? Oh, the Wookiee. He's from the comics, he's from the Vader comics. Okay. Him and Boba Fett hunt for Luke after the events of, um, A New Hope. So that's Darth Vader. why he was bad eye and Boba. Yeah, gotcha. they know each other. They got hired by Darth Vader after the Death Star blew up. Like, hey, figure out who this person is. And it's Boba who figures out um, who Luke Skywalker is. And then Black Kerstansen has fought Obi-Wan. Because the Huts And it was a comic. It was like a one-off of the official like mainline Star Wars run that's just called Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Where it's like a bunch of small arcs or little one-off comics. Um, the Huts implemented a high tax on... Uh, members of ta- different parts of Tatooine and all of a sudden the task tax collector stopped showing up and started disappearing. So black Kerstansen, the Wookiee was hired by Jabba to go out and figure out why they were disappearing and to get the tax. And it was Obi-Wan who was killing the tax collectors. And so they had a fight. Gotcha. So like he's been in a, in, in quite a bit of comic stuff. He's a cool character. Cause I mean, he's a not honorable Wookiee. Yeah, that's that's kind of an odd thing, kind of like, kind of like mm-hmm. a, a chaotic evil paladin or something. Yeah, like he'll he'll do, he'll do anything for the money. And seeing him show up, I was really happy with because it wasn't like a mainline Star Wars character like Ahsoka or um, Luke showing up. It was if you read the comics, that's awesome. Here's a little Easter egg for you. If you haven't, he's a bounty hunter and he's a Wookiee. You can tell that that's really all you need to know. You don't need to know like. 50 issues of comics worth of backstory to get why his importance. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think people's big issue or my big issue with people's obsession with the cameo is that for the, um, for the movies, you know, you're dealing with these same factions, essentially, you know, you've got the Jedi council. They're all going to know each other. They're all going to mm-hmm. keep popping up because they run in the same circle um, same thing with the Empire, the Rebels, what have you. Um, whereas these 
shows don't have that grounding. So people want to see characters they know because they're familiar, but the beauty of them is they're set in this incredibly vast universe. So like there is an unlimited amount of opportunities and different characters that you can now explore. And although that's, you know, kind of dangerous territory because you don't know if something's going to work out well or, you know, if this idea is going to translate, it's also super freeing because now you're not burdened with, well, this guy, you know, fights for the rebellion, so he's got these traits and he knows these people and all mm -hmm. that bullshit. Exactly. Like, one thing people forget is Star Wars is massive. At the height of the Jedi Order, there were only 10,000 in a galaxy of how many hundreds of billions. The Jedi, for the majority of the people, were myth, mm -hmm. weren't even real. So why should Jedi constantly have to be involved in every single thing that Star Wars does? I get it. Jedi are like the main focus. But the Force! But Mando Season 1 is a perfect example of almost all original characters carrying it. I love Mando Season 2, and I wouldn't trade anything for it. But I think they could have made Mando Season 2 work without Luke Skywalker, without Ahsoka, without Bo-Katan, without Boba Fett, without Fennec. I think it would still still would have worked. I think it would have worked. <coughs> Excuse me. But I, I do like the tie-in because Grogu is a Force user. And I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure from Mando Season 1 up until we meet Ahsoka, isn't he like the only Force user that pops up in the whole show? Yeah. So it makes sense to have a little bit of a tie-in there, but that's exactly what they did. It's a small tie-in, and then it's gone. And, you know, now who knows what's going to happen with Season 3, because Grogu's I'm gone. I'm really curious. You know, like, Mando's really got no mission anymore. Is he just going to go back to bounty hunting? Is he going to... Well, here's the thing. He's got two major issues. One, in his religious, like, his religion and... Uh, culture is a very strong thing and in his culture and religion that he's known his entire life you don't take off your helmet if you do you're not a mandalorian anymore oh, he's taken off his helmet but at the same time he is the true wielder of the dark saber the key to becoming the ruler of mandalore so on one hand in his mind i'm no longer a mandalorian anymore because i've shown my face but on the other i also pretty much have excalibur in my hand no 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 he does not have excalibur this is one thing that really bugs me about the King Arthur Legendarium that people get wrong all the time. Excalibur is not some magic sword that, like, you know, makes wishes come true and slays all of your enemies. No, no. King Arthur gets Excalibur at the beginning of his journey. Yeah, it's the Excalibur, sword and the stone. No, that's different. No? The sword and the stone is a sword that he pulls out of a stone that signifies, hey, whoever does this is going to be king of the Britons. Later... I thought that's what Excalibur was, no. and then later he gets the sword from the Lady in the Lake. No, Excalibur is the sword from the Lady in the Lake, and it's at, like, the very beginning of when he's like, all right, I'm going to be King of the Britons. Um, and canonically, there is nothing spectacular about Excalibur. It's just a really well-made sword. So, like, he doesn't have Excalibur. He's got, like, fucking Glamdring or Orcrist from Lord of the Rings. You know, these magical weapons that were forged by, you know, an ancient society that can do... Well, there's nothing magical about the Dark Sable. Sa ah, man, the I sound Dark like Sable. A... The Dark Saber. 
um, actually, well, like, it's a lightsaber, so of course it's gonna be better, but there's nothing inherently special about it. What makes it special is the story of it, the ability to wield it isn't like, oh, you have to be strong to wield it because of magic. You have to be strong to wield it because you have to earn it mm-hmm. through combat. So, like, the sword isn't magic, but having the sword shows that he is the ruler of Mandalore. It's why Darth Maul was able to rule Mandalore for a while, even though he wasn't Mandalorian, because he beat Pre Vizsla in single combat and killed him. And then he took the Darksaber, so people are like, okay, he was stronger than him. He has the Darksaber now. That's who we're following. And it's the same reason why Bo-Katan wanted to fight Moff Gideon. So she could prove to her people, hey, I beat him. I got the Darksaber, so I earned it. But Mando beat him instead. So now people are going to be like, wait, but he beat him, so now we need to follow him. But he's not a Mandalorian anymore because he doesn't have... He took off his helmet. Can we talk about how cucked Bo-Katan gets all the time? (laughs) You know what? She's kind of a cunt, so I'm okay with it. All right. Now we know Corbin's Don't get me wrong. Women. I I really like her as a character. I really enjoy her. I love all the Mandalorian stuff. But she's always just like, I deserve this. I deserve this. But You're whenever wrong, there's a strong right. woman who speaks her mind, she's a cunt. No, like I love <laughs> I love strong women. Strong I do. woman. But Bo Katan just kinda <sighs> I'm trying to think of how to phrase this better than just calling her a cunt. Because <laughs> that's kinda harsh. Um, she, she's been fighting her entire life to get one thing and she can't seem to get it. And she makes that other people's problem. So she's just a little bitch. Yeah, she's a little bitchy sometimes. We'll, we'll stick with that. All right. But I am excited. I know for a fact she's going to be a big part of Mando season three, which makes me very happy because I do like her as a character. And isn't the she's chick part who of, plays her the same chick that originally voiced her? Yes, in, in the Clone Wars animated show. I can't I remember her name. Katie Sackoff. Katie Sackoff. Which right. Go Katie. Which, yeah, she... Uh, Friend of I think Bob. that's very cool that they were able to do that. That she happened to like look similar enough and they, they brought her in. I was very excited when that showed up. When, when she showed up as her and took off the helmet. Because I was like, hey, I know her. <laughs> I know um, her. She took a picture and posted on uh, social media one day, and it was her on set whenever they were filming the scenes in the uh, the uh, oh, what's what's that called the bridge of the Imperial ship, and it was her and her dad, and she's like, "This is the guy who took me to see Star Wars in the theater, and now he's here with me on the set of Star Wars." It's pretty fucking cool. And I'm, and I'm like dad, that that you know oh yeah. Super cool moment. Be like, that's my daughter. She's in Star Wars. Oh, shit. Um, speaking of good TV shows, you watch... Have you finished Witcher Season 2? Oh, you, you know that Samantha and I sat down and binged that in, like, two sittings. I watched, like, the first three or four episodes, like, sporadically. Like, every couple of days I'd watch an episode. And then last night, I binged the last half of it. So good. Yeah. I'm not a fan of every change from the source material. Like, because there's some major ones. See, I don't know the source material. I've never read any of the Witcher shit. I've never played any of the Witchers. So going in blind, it's a really well-written show. The um, characters are convincing. Um, I love the kind of, you know, one-off feel that each episode has while still sticking Mm -hmm. to the main story. Um, So, I mean, 
8 of 10, you know, great show. Henry Cavill is a fucking stud. The one chick that plays uh, Yennefer is V-bangable. Um, I feel like a pedo when I say this, but uh, Freya Allen is a fine young woman. Um, I, I feel like a pedo because in the show they make her look, you know, like she's fucking 14. But then I, you know, realize that this actress is in her fucking 20s. Mm-hmm. So it's weird. It's I've reached it's that age fuck. where I'm I'm seeing people's in shows that are my age. Like, um, yeah, I believe it's her name is Anya Shrilata or Trilata. Um, Yennefer, the actress yes, who plays Yennefer. She's 26. Yeah, I, I realized that the other day and I was like, oh, shit, she's like actually doing shit with her life. Meanwhile, me and I, my brother are like, oh, let's make a podcast. I would have been in high school with her. You know how weird that is? She and I are the same age, Corbin. I know. You know how, like, I there's like a disconnect when you see, like, celebrities and actors and actresses. Arguably like, even oh, just, they, like, really good-looking people, you know? Yeah, it's like there's a disconnect there. And then I realize, oh, they're, like, my age. Or I'll see, I'll see like, a TikToker that's got, like, so many millions of followers and then I'll like do like look them up be like oh who's this person why are they blowing up on my phone and I look and they're like younger than Emma and I'm just like oh my gosh I'm getting old yeah dude um I I was going through that like awakening probably a year or two ago and um the the thing that I got most out of it was like well like I'm this person's age. I don't know shit. They're my age. They've only had like the same amount of time to form like knowledge as me. So they probably don't know shit either. Now, I don't know if this is just emptily inflating my ego, but like, I feel like it's made me realize that most people don't know what they're doing. They're just stumbling through life just like you and Mm -hmm. me. Yeah. Um, that, this would be a perfect transition into my next topic of stumbling through life. Um, but I want to talk about Witcher just a little bit more. Okay, I'll remember stumbling be- through life. Um, in it, one thing, pretty much my mindset with The Witcher is it's different, but it's still... it. The reason why it works is because it still keeps the core of the books, which is about Geralt and Ciri's relationship. Those two are the core of the series. Their relationship with one another as... Not father-daughter, but surrogate father-daughter. The, the, how they grow with one another. How they teach each other lessons about growing up and dealing with this harsh world. And that's what why the show works despite its changes from the source material. Because I'm a very big fan of the Wheel of Time series. It's my favorite book series out there. I've read all 15 books multiple times. And the Amazon show, it's bad because it completely misses the point of the books. It's about how balance between gender roles is important it's about selflessness and learning to grow and letting go but the show focuses it it's like they looked at one little pillar of what makes wheel of time works which is the gender balance and said we're going to focus just on that and also the reason why things are bad is because of the men like in wheel of time the world about half of the countries in the world are ruled by women and then the magic society, which kind of like puppets the world and controls it from behind the scenes, is all ruled by women. But multiple times throughout the shows, the people are like, this is a man's world. It's not safe to be a woman out there. 
And it's like, you've completely missed like the message of the books. Like, for example, in the prologue and like the past, because in Wheel of Time, it's like time is a wheel. It's constantly circulating. And each peg on the wheel is like a new age. In the age before, there was a war going on between pretty much Satan and the forces of good and the light. And men and women use two different magic sources they pull from, Sidene and Sidar. And the war was getting very, very desperate, like humanity was about to lose, and this would cause the fabric of reality to dissipate. And so, in a last-ditch attempt, the men of the Aes Sedai, the magic organization, sealed the Dark One away in a prison, but it caused them to get cursed. So now all men who channel go insane and are like walking nuclear bombs. Nice. In the show, they, in the show, they change, and so now women have to hunt them down and kill them because otherwise they'll destroy the world. Mm-hmm. Because they did destroy, they pretty much turned the world post-apocalyptic because you had thousands of men who were like glass cannons, and that were mentally unstable, going around and seeing things and dealing with like schizophrenia and depression and panic ep- episodes, and that's why the world goes back to like a medieval society. In the show, they changed it from it was a last ditch effort to try and save humanity to lose there and the leader of the males being arrogant and like i can destroy the dark one so i'm going to do this while all the women were telling him no that's a bad idea we were living in peace there was no war for power there was no struggle there was no last ditch attempt it was just some power move he wanted to do to prove that he was the strongest so it's like the show misses the point because it's like trying to get this one message across that is completely opposite from the books. And so it loses a lot of the heart that the books had. And I was very disappointed with the show. And I, I come off like some some You really meninist. come off like a butthurt fan, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know I do. But it's like the show had so much potential because really Robert Jordan, who wrote The Wheel of Time, bridged the gap between Tolkien-esque fantasy into more modern fantasy. He also broke the line of trilogies because up until that point, Publishers wouldn't publish you for a fantasy series unless you had already written out like a trilogy. Like it had to be a trilogy because trilogies sell well. Anything past that is a gamble. And Robert Jordan was the first one to break the mold. Like George R. R. Martin himself has come out and said, if it wasn't for Robert Jordan, a song of ice and fire wouldn't exist because no publisher would have backed me. Is the song of ice and fire even going to get finished, bro? No, and I'm okay with that. George R. R. Martin is enjoying his HBO money, I doing mean, whatever he wants to. I would fucking too. I would be sitting oh, yeah. there on Twitter like, oh yeah, I'm writing a book. I'm writing all day, every day. Meanwhile, I'm sitting there banging a bunch of fucking young women dressed as Daenerys and just like sipping the world's most expensive cognac while I sit on my ass and enjoy HBO money. Oh yeah, 100%. I would... I don't care if I'm in the middle of writing the best fantasy epic of all time. If I got the money that he got, I'd say, this is never getting finished. Have fun, kids. I don't care. I'm, I'm enjoying the rest of my life. You know what? Fuck it. I'm 75. I've already written millions of words. What's a couple hundred thousand more can I do? I'm done. <laughs> but yeah, that I think that's why Witcher works so well is because it kept the core, the heart of the story intact. Even though it's got a lot of major changes, like killing off characters from the books that are in later books, or the fact that Yennefer never goes to Kaer Morhen. She's never there in the books. And they talk about it in the games, the fact that Yennefer has never been there. 
But then in the end of season two, she goes there. So there's a lot of major changes with the show that deviate from the books, but it because it kept the heart, it still works as a show. Pretty much that that's all I wanted to talk about. That's um, that's why I f- still fuck with the Hobbit movies, you know. Yes, they, they are completely different from the Hobbit books, but they stick to the heart of what the books dealt with. You know, um, Bilbo in the books goes from this little meek. Let's be frank, soy boy, <laughs> um, into this still pretty meek, still pretty mild, but um, emboldened version of himself. And the the movies, you know, add a whole bunch of stuff for cinematic purposes. And I I get needing to make it fit the medium, but they stick to that heart of the story of this, you know, little pussy, you know, getting hard, and you know, chains and some shit. The, the Hobbit, to me, is a story about Tolkien himself. a Somebody who grew up well off, going to war, l- learning to deal with loss, how to deal with change, live, meeting new people, learning about the world that he's only seen through books, and then coming home and realizing that home isn't the same anymore. Oh, yeah. And you, you get that repeated in The Lord of the Rings, too. Very um, much so. Some of the, you know most um eye-opening things that i have come across about world war one particularly are tolkien's um letters that he wrote um specifically to i believe it was one of his sons about you know you're you develop these friendships with these people and you know you you really grow close to these people and then all of a sudden they're just ripped away from you and then you know you come home and it's just it's home but it's not comforting anymore yes Um, it's it's different um because it's not the same it's not what's comfortable to you it's it's a place that you recognize and you know you should feel safe there but it's not home anymore it's i feel like everyone goes through that like m's going through that now Oh, I went through it hard when I moved first moved to college. I don't know if you remember, but like, mom, when I would come home, was always like, "I, I made a, a bed for you," and I'm like, "No, I just want to sleep on the couch. Like, I will sleep better mm-hmm. there than anywhere else." And it was it was really weird for a while. Um, you're probably gonna go through a little bit of the same if you. I'm going through it now already. I I moved out of the house three years ago. And for the first couple of months, I'd go home and be like, oh, yeah, this is my place. I'd, I'd spend all my time at home. And now, like, I go to the house and I'm there for two or three hours. I'm like, okay, I'm ready to leave and go back to my house. Yeah. Because this place, it's, yes, it's comforting. And I, I know I'm safe there. I know I'm welcomed. But it's not home anymore. It's changed. And this is just me living two minutes down the road. Yeah. I can't imagine what it's like to be 18 years old and live three hours away in a city who you know nobody. I mean... You don't know nobody. Fortunately, I was, you know, in Marching Mizzou, so I went two weeks before school and met, like, close to 500 people. So, Mm -hmm. more than my graduating class. Um, So, I knew people, but, you know, my nearest family member was 30 minutes away. I had no car. Um, Mm -hmm. it's, It's definitely a learning experience. I try to think about, like, what would my life be like if I went to Truman? Like I was planning on. Because that was literally like three or four months before graduation I made that change. 
You did the right fucking thing, dude. You went to college I think for so. fucking free. Not for free. I did not go for free. I paid for every cent of that. Let me correct myself. You graduated college with no debt, dude. Like, <laughs> that is an achievement. Ding, ding. Achievement unlocked, bro. <laughs> I'm going to be paying I, uh... my college debt until I'm, like, fucking 60. Yeah, that's that's. Even though I I wonder like did I make the right decision? That's one thing I am glad of. I don't feel like I graduated. I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. I went in for a job interview the other day, that one I was telling you about. And they were like, well, when you design your advertisements, are you very much like leaving it? Do you like to leave the spaces open, or do you like to put a lot of information like keep it busy? And I'm like, uh, I like to keep them kind of clutter free, kind of more open space. I have no fucking idea what I'm talking about. See, one thing that you probably don't understand yet is that there is a big difference between being good at a job and being good at interviewing. Those are two completely different skill sets. And the, oh, the interview way, went great. The only and way I know that you're going to get good at interviewing is to have interviews. Yeah, I know I did fine in the interview because I got multiple people telling me afterward saying like, hey, I talked to this person because... Me applying for a job is not a secret in a town where everybody knows who I am because of my parents. Yeah. So, like, people were, like, people who are friends with those people that interviewed me would go up and ask them, like, hey, how did he do? And then they'd come to me and be like, yo, they were very impressed with you. You talked and acted a lot older than you are. And I didn't get the job just because they had somebody who had experience, which I need a job to get experience. But I got to get hired at a job. <laughs> That's the some some bitch about it, for mm -hmm. real. The, the only reason I have the job I have now, it was it was straight luck. I should not have gotten it. They thought I was still in high school when I got my current job. I was talking to our HR head a, a while back um, about I don't know how we got <laughs> on the topic of high school, but I had been at Mac for a year already. Whenever I got my current job, and uh, the they thought that I was, like, just about to graduate high school because I got hired in May. So they thought I was still in high school. And they're like, well, how are you going to do work in this? And I was like, oh, well, I'm going to do college online. Or I'm going to do – I said I'm going to do school online because that's what I was planning on doing through Central Methodist because mm -hmm. I just signed up with them. And they thought I meant, like, I was going to finish high school doing online classes while working a full-time job. So I, I don't know how I got my job. <laughs> but I've been here almost four years. That's like the longest tenure I've ever had at a job. Um, so I, I got to say, you haven't worked a lot of jobs, but your resume is going to show that you, you know, stick around. Um, I'm well, sure the I've worked for these really people since I was 17. Work. You know, they're probably, oh, yeah. they probably turned this on on the way to work. Oh, great. I get to hear these two fucking idiots. Okay, well, fine. I'll go on to my next topic because <laughs> what, what was, what was the reason I was going to transition? Um, Fuck. Luck or something. Something like um, that. No, 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 no. It, we were talking about The Witcher. Fuck, I've forgotten. God damn it. I'll, do I'll, I don't know. I got distracted, okay? Have you heard of Timothy Dexter before? The absolute Chad? Timothy Dexter. No, he was I a haven't. merchant and author who lived from 1747 to 1806. Okay. Pretty much, um, he was a merchant that became obscenely wealthy 
through absolute luck. Like, this man was rolling nat 20s every single fucking day. Tell me about him. Dur- during the end of the revolutionary, he was, he had no education. He was, he did apprenticeships and did manual labor up until he was an adult. Then at the end of the American Revolution, he bought a lot of the continental currency while it was cheap. Then the war ends, the value of the currency goes back up, he becomes rich. And he's like, you know what, I'm going to be a businessman. But he didn't know, he had no business skills, had no training, he had no idea what to do. A guy who wanted to see him bankrupt, who didn't like him, convinced him to sell bed warmers. You know, like the pans that you'd fill up with coals and stick in the bed like in Pirates of the Caribbean. It's the shit that she fucking hits the guy with, yeah. Yeah, and, and hits the button and it gets in his eye. He sold those to people in the Caribbean. Why would... How? Exactly, Why would it makes no sense. <laughs> when the ships got down there with them, the captains of the ships sold them as molasses spoons to molasses makers. So okay. he makes a fortune off of that. And so in his mind, he's like, you know what? People down in the Caribbean, they're cold. They need cold weather clothes. Sold winter clothes in the Caribbean because he's like, oh, they needed the bed warmers. They must be cold. So I'll buy these winter clothes and sell them. They, people there didn't buy them, but people who were getting ready to sail across the southern tip of South America bought them because down there, cold you get close to Antarctica, it gets cold. Sold out his entire stock again. Then he bought a bunch of coal and shipped it to Newcastle, the coal capital of the UK, the city known for exporting coal. When his ship arrived, you know what was going on? A strike. A labor, a labor strike with the coal miners. Called it, dude. He sold all of his coal for a fortune. This nice. man just rolling 20s. And he's absolutely insane. He wrote, let me find it here. He wrote a book about himself because he's like, I'm a smart guy. People should learn from me. I'm going to write an autobiography called A Pickle for Knowing Ones or Plain Truth. All of the words are spelled wrong, by the way. Spelled wrong or is this just like old English? Spelled wrong. The book (laughs) had 8,847 words and no punctuation and letters were randomly capitalized. Did he sell any? He started giving them out for free, but they became so popular that he started to sell them, and there are currently eight editions of it in print. Like, that have been in print. Because it was so popular. So you know what I'm hearing, Corbin? If this dumb motherfucker can sell winter clothes in the Caribbean and can sell coal in the coal capital of the coal nation. We're going to make it big with this podcast. <laughs> That's not Watch even the weirdest Joe thing Rogan. he did. He he wondered what people would say about him when he died. So he had it published in the local papers that he had died just to see who would show up. That's a smart move. Over 3,000 people appeared at his wake. Was he one of those 3,000? <laughs> yes. No, he didn't because his wife refused to cry at the wake. So he didn't show himself to the guests. So they all thought he was dead. Because <laughs> he was going to come out and be like, surprise, I'm actually alive. But his wife wouldn't cry convincingly enough. He hated his wife. He, uh, oh, let me. I mean, don't me we all, put, brother? Uh, where is it at? Um, he would tell people who visited his, his mansion that his wife was dead, even though she was completely alive. And he, 
yeah, told the people that. <laughs> oh, this is really funny. Um, that whenever people he, people would see her, he's like, "No, that's just my drunk ghost." He just told he called his wife a ghost and that she drank too much. Is there like a YouTube video that you found on this dude? Because like I need, I obviously need. To I was catch scrolling up. through TikTok. And they just put, and somebody was talking about him and like, yeah, this guy pretty much lived, lived life on easy mode. And the funny thing is he didn't do the se- selling. He wasn't the guy like trying to convince people. He'd just be like, yes, th- because the money he got from the, uh, cu- the currency that he bought at the end of the revolutionary war, he used to buy two ships and make a company. He didn't do any of the selling. The captains of the ships did the selling for him. So he oh, had so no he idea what went he went to the Caribbean. No, no, he never went. They, he was from Massachusetts. They sent the he sent the ships down with like the warm the winter clothes, and the captain sold it and then brought him his money back. So he didn't. He was just like, man, they must need must be cold as shit in Jamaica. <laughs> like this this man is absolutely insane. You need to to, to research him sometime. Uh, Timothy Dexter because he is he is a character. All right. Yeah, you ready for the heavy section? Let's get into it. Okay. Uh, listeners at home, we're about to get into the heavy section of the podcast. This section is going to be depressing. filled with stuff. Depressing, not safe for work, gross, crass, stuff that is not great for every audience member if you do not enjoy those things. So if you that's none of that's for you, you can stop listening now. Thank you for listening. If you're still here, heavy time. Taylor, you want to go first or me? I don't have anything, so... Oh, shit, I've got quite a bit of stuff. Um, there was this TikToker back in um, the beginning of November that blew up because he decided to do, instead of No Nut November, he decided to do Pokey Nut November, which is where he would take a random number generator and hit it, and whatever number he got, he'd go to that number in the Pokédex oh, and look no. up that Pokémon on Rule 34 and have to jack oh, off God. to it. He blew up so much that he decided to do make 2022 Poké Nut Year. <sighs> Dear God, TikTok is just the fucking dregs of humanity. It is a cesspool, but I am so addicted to it because every day I know I'm going to see like what kind of weird Pokémon shit is he going to have to jack off to. It, it's... It's bad, but it's funny because, like, he'll be like, please be something good. Please be something, like, that can make good hentai. And then he'll get one that's, like, the honeycombs. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what am I supposed to do with this? Dude, maybe maybe I'm out of my mind. But I bet those honeycombs are just about dick-shaped. <sighs> and I bet that honey, that's that sticky You're just icky. just poking a hole through its head. Hey, fuck Literally. that Pokemon. Fuck that animal. I don't Literally. give a shit. All it can say is its fucking name. Is it really contributing anything? I don't know. What do people in Pokemon eat? Because every animal is a Pokemon. Yeah, every animal is a semi-sentient, you know, like, pet. It's a moral conundrum. Yeah. It's... That's why you can only feed poke in, in the games. You can only feed them berries. Because to have them hunt is like, ooh. Also, shout out to Pokemon Fire Red and Leaf Green, where if you went into the safari, you could throw rocks at Pokemon. 
Like, having them fight in a battle is one thing. Like, oh, yeah, Pikachu used Thunderbolt, you're electrifying the other Pokemon, that's one thing. Like, but you can kind of separate that because it's like, oh, they're pocket monsters. And then you go to the Safari and you literally just throw a rock at them. I see that rhino over there. I'm going to throw a Fuck rock you. at it. Fuck you. But yeah, I wanted to get your opinion on, on Pokemon Year. And he looks exactly like how you would expect. Nothing against this guy, but like... Yeah, see full focus. yeah, that's that's exactly what I would imagine that dude looks like. Yeah, and it, I can't not watch them. Like I have to see them every day. But shout out to him. Um, his account. Uh, I accidentally already exited out. If you want to find the guy who does Pokemon here, <coughs> you can find him. Okay, I'll let I'll let you take those extra steps. My big issue with this is not that he's you know let's go the whole year. It's that he is once a day sitting down to masturbate to Pokemon for a full fucking year. Do you know how that's going to fuck with his erections? Oh yeah, his mind is going to be fried. You realize that if you listen to the same song while you're jerking it every time, when you hear that song, your body's just like, oh, time for a boner. Yep, (laughs) Um, I know exactly what you mean. He's never going to be able to play Pokemon again, dude. Yeah. I mean, maybe. Well, maybe because they're all separate and it's a different Pokemon each time, his brain won't won't make those connections. It's not like he's jacking off to Gyarados every single time. But. Yeah. Maybe. Hope, I wish him the best. I hope this doesn't cause any long term harm to him or his his nuts. I, I just but pray I to God that he's not only masturbating to Pokemon. Because I don't know about you, but I'm kind of a one a day dude. You know, like. If Samantha's getting two dumps out of me, two separate, you know, fuck sessions out of me, it's a wild day. Um, so, like, he's either totally fucking up his internal, internal like, boner register in his brain, or he's got to be, like, cranking out four a day minimum, just so he can be like, all right, this is my pokey nut, and then we're going to watch, you know, like, the normal stepsister, you know, MILF shit. Um... Because I'm sure it's rule 34 that he's using. So I'm sure there's like some extra stuff in there to spice it up that also has to do with that Pokemon. I don't You can tell I haven't gone into rule 34 and looked up Pokemon before because I have no idea what's there. Yeah, I gotta say, I don't fuck with the rule 34 too much. Except (laughs) there's there's, there's two exceptions to that rule. What are they? Korra and Azula, dude. God damn it. Azula's 14 years old. She is a literal child. She's a fucking cartoon. Yeah, I guess. I saw this one video somebody made. It was somebody on Twitter. And he posted, Rule 34 is a lie. Because if there's if it exists, there's porn of it. And there's no porn of me. And then the first comment says, Bet. And sent him a link. <laughs> and this dude... Made porn of him and posted it to Rule Thirty Four, and like it's just a back and forth of their argument where the guy's like, "This is illegal. You need to take this down right now." He's like, "Nah, dude, I'm gonna make more porn of you. I'm gonna make more." (laughs) (sighs) Um, what do what do you think about intrusive thoughts? Oh, dude, I get them all the time. Do you ever deal with them? Like, why don't you just drive off this bridge right now? Or like, um, what if you told your boss to get bent? Or, or um, 
Why don't you just follow that dude home? Yeah. The, that it's, one's it's a real... big one for me. All uh, the time, I'll, I'll, I'll be out somewhere and just like, I wonder if I could like actually follow this dude home and him not realize it. Am I sneaky I was enough? A, I was at a gas station the other day and it was like 11 o'clock at night and there was nobody there and I was pulled up, got gas and then some old lady pulled up next, like a couple pumps over and started getting gas and I was just like, I could kill her and there's nobody around to stop me. And, I, and then like immediately after I'm like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like, holy shit, why would I think that? I or like I'll be in the dentist office and be in like, see like they've got all the scalpels. I was like, I could stab myself in the throat and nobody would stop me. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why would I kill myself in a dentist's office? Like, Dude, if there's a place thoughts, to want to kill yourself, it's the fucking oh. dentist. It's like, hey, let me let me stab you. You your your gums bleed because you don't floss. And it's like, no, you stabbed me with a metal n- needle. You just oh, spent I, fifteen I, minutes rooting around in my mouth with metal instruments. No wonder my gums bleed. Oh, I. But intrusive thoughts are scary, because I know I'm fine because I'm able to derif- like differentiate and be like, man, that was a bad thought. We shouldn't do that. So that's that's what kind of keeps me like from fearing too much. But at the same time, it's like I'm on top of this this tower. I could jump and die, and that's it. And I'm like, why would I do that? That's so messed up. There are people here. I don't want to traumatize them. I don't want to die. Yeah, there's, there's intrusive uh, thoughts are scary. There's a French term for it, and I I can't speak fucking gibberish. I can't speak white flag. So. Um, I, I don't remember exactly how to say it, but it essentially just means it's it's the call of the void, you know? Yeah, I've heard that before. There, there's just this little darkness that lives inside of all of us, and then, like, every once in a while, it just shouts out to you. Um, another really cool um, French colloquialism that I really enjoy is, you know what the French call orgasms? What? It translates to the little death. So I am just waiting for that big nut. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I love to. I I want to die, so I'm gonna nut. Get busy coming or get busy dying. Oh God. Um, here's. Do you have any any more heavy stuff that you want to talk about? I've got some like questions. Go for it about heavy stuff. Um. Is it? immoral to give drugs and alcohol to mentally disabled people like I, i'm talking like, like are we talking really white hard... gabe or are we talking like no like wheelchair somebody with down syndrome down syndrome can can't function without like a care keep care keep caretaker giving them like weed or giving them like alcohol be like hey drink this like is it moral to allow somebody like that to drink because at what point is their mind their own and they are taking responsibility for that action or are you, like, persuading them? You know what I mean? Yeah, because I, I, I guess the the big conundrum for me there is the whole, is is it actually them making this decision? If, if yeah. you know, like, a little fucking downy comes up to me and is like, Taylor, I want to smoke weed. <laughs> I'd be like, hell yeah, brother, here's a doink. <laughs> um, but if, you know, like... Somebody was just like, hey, give that fucking vegetable 
a shot. I feel like that, like, but I want to see it though. Does that make me a bad person? I want to see like, like a mentally handicapped person get drunk. <laughs> oh my god, I, I'm a piece of shit. Yeah, this this is not coming across as your moment for the podcast. No, no, I just is is it morally wrong? I'm gonna stick with the safe answer and say it depends. Oh my god, a no answer. I think if they can make the decision themselves. But at the same time, yes, they can make the decision. But do they fully understand yeah, the consequences? Do they, do they understand the rep? Do they comp the, the like not reparations? Repl- not reparations and not replications. The rep. Dude, maybe we shouldn't drink. Maybe we're the retards. Yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe we're the more moral conundrum. Ugh. But yeah, I was I saw a video and it was of somebody who. Um, had Down syndrome, and I couldn't tell where on the spectrum they lie because with Down syndrome, there are some people that can completely function just normal, live on their own, have a job, have a social life, and then there's other people that like can barely function without another person. And he was somewhere in the middle, and he was at a pool, and somebody gave him two beers, and he smashed them together and started drinking them and got glass all over the pool. I'm like, oh, wait, no, they were beer bottles? Yeah, they were glass yeah. bottles. He, he 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 jugged them and then smashed them together and screamed woo, and everyone around it was like, "No, why'd you do that?" And like glass got all over the pool, and it's like, is this ethically okay? See, the problem there was giving him glass. Should have just given yeah. him a couple cans. He would have been fine. Um, because he clearly knows what alcohol is clearly knows what alcohol does and how you behave on alcohol. <laughs> but um, I wouldn't trust him with glass anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I get that. I just, I wanted to know, I, I, I was curious, like, what you, what you thought. I think I would be more inclined to give a mentally handicapped person weed than alcohol. Definitely. I feel like that would be a lot safer and a lot better. Especially if it was, you know, like, hey, we're going to split this doink. And it's, you know, like a nice calm indica. Mm-hmm. It just chill you out. Um, not like, you know, hey, rip this fat dab. <laughs> not like you do to me. <laughs> to be fair, I've never given you an overly fat dab. I've given you a big boy dab, but you're a big boy. Yeah. It was a big boy, and it fucking put me on my ass. Hey, Corbin, when was the last time you smoked? Ten minutes ago. <laughs> oh, that was that was probably the funniest thing I've ever done. I peaked there. Dude, Justin still fucking laughs about that shit. You know that? Yo, yeah, I remember saying it, not even comprehending the fact that I said something funny. You can't speak because you're laughing so much, and Justin is just, like, staring straight ahead with his mouth open. <laughs> So what other questions you got? Um, anal. Mm-hmm. Very popular, both in the bedroom and on Pornhub. Mm-hmm. Very popular tag. I'd it's, say it's the top five tag. It is the like, tag. top tag. It's like MILF yeah. and but, anal. Like MILFs, right there. anal, lesbians. I think those, teen those comes before lesbian. Think so? I think it's prob. If we're going to go top four, I'm going to say MILF is number one. Because everybody loves MILFs. Mm-hmm. Two... Is anal. I can find out right now. Three is teen. What they are. 
and four is lesbians. But four is the wild card because I think it might also be Asians. Okay. Trending hot right now on Pornhub. Um, number one. You know what? Shout out to to uh, to what's trending right now. The number one category right now. This isn't of all time. This is just right now. Female orgasm. Hell yeah, dude. Shout out to those people out there that, that want to watch women come. You know what? Don't we all? Women deserve that. But yes, you do, ladies. You deserve this knee is... shaking O's out here. Wow, this is surprising. Anal is 11 in the worldwide rankings. What? Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised. Wow. Number one, stepmom. Stepmom, there you go. Number two, Japanese. Asians do well. Number three, them. hentai. Number three, baby. Number four is stepsister. Number five is lesbian. Number six is MILF. Number seven is stepsis, which doesn't really work because number four is stepsister. Yeah, what's the number difference? Number eight. Yeah. Number eight is teen. Um, and then I'm not sure what this is. I'm looking at something very small. Uh, I believe it's Taylor's cock. P I N A S. I don't know. I can't read it. I can't zoom it in. Um, number ten is Asian, and then eleven anal. But speaking of anal, very popular tag and activity. Mm-hmm. Why is male anal frowned upon, while women anal is like a very positive thing? Okay, Corbin. I believe it was episode four where we talked about. Dom chicks and femdom, mm-hmm. and I opened up a lot about my sexual proclivities to you. Yeah, I'm about to lay another truth bomb on you. Mm-hmm. Both Samantha and I are into pegging. Yeah, I know. Uh, you've talked about it. I have. You've talked to me about it. Yeah, you've told me about this. We were drunk on an Xbox Live party, and you'd be like, "Hell yeah, I've been pegged." Oh shit! I love right. that. Um. Okay. So. I was a lion a little bit in that Xbox party because uh, that happened once and it was very unsuccessful. Um, but yeah, like today we went to Passions to pick up anal toys. Why? <laughs> um, why is, why is, is it the male? Sex shop, my local sex shop, and it is top tier. I assumed. Shout out to Passions if you want to sponsor the podcast. Hit me up. You know where to find me. But I just don't like. Why is? Female anal, like such, not not just like heterosexual sex, male and a female, like, but also like lesbian sex with a strap on and anal is still really popular. But male on male anal is what I mean. Oh, like gay, just gay porn. Yeah, like I'm not talking about like strap ons or pegging or heterosexual, but like male on male anal is like. Kind of. I think that just might be our, you know, like bias. As no, it's not just my bias. It's just like on, like from my experience online, talking to people, reading stuff on Reddit and on 4chan, and seeing YouTube videos. It's like anal in just about every context is very popular, except for homosexual men doing anal. No clue, dude. Because like, it's like. Lesbians doing it, that's super hot. That's fun. Dude, lesbians we love doing it. anything is hot. 
Lesbians could be eating clam chowder, and I'd be like, fuck yeah. Damn, bitch. <laughs> Damn, bitch, eat that chowder. But, like, for men to do anal, it's, like, weird and gross. I think it has to do with um, the slightly emasculation, the slight emasculation that comes with the act, because you are definitely um, submitting yourself to someone in a extremely personal way. Hello, everyone. Future Corbin here, wanting to chime in and say that due to some technical difficulties, the remainder of the episode audio was lost. So unfortunately, this is where today's podcast is ending. Uh, this has been Sunday is for the boys. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you want to find me on social media, you can find me on the regular social media, Twitter and Instagram at Lerberfler, L-E-R-B-E-R-F-F-E-R-L-L-E-R. I know it's it's a mouthful. Taylor does not want to be found. He is a recluse and doesn't want anyone to know he exists. Uh, thank you for listening. Stay tuned. Uh, we are going back to our bi-weekly schedule now that the holidays are over and things are starting to settle down. So look forward to regular bi-weekly episodes for the rest of the year. Thank you and have a good week.